0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning, you're with Lyle and Daniel. Daniel, so the double L team is not back together yet because Lawson is still down with the Rona. Let's keep him in our prayers. Uh, but Daniel, this morning, what are you thankful for?
1: Yeah, I'm thankful for so much. I could go on for the rest of the show, honestly. I'll try and keep it brief because I want to yep. say about five or six different things. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you don't come on here very often, so you get no. you get
1: time to uh, I give you months of <laughs> things <I'm praying> <laughs> to build them up. Uh, Saturday, I got to preach at uh, Mayfield, nice Living Abundantly Adventist Church at the Granary Church, which was fantastic. Great sermon there. Great people. Love the atmosphere. Saturday afternoon, we met up again. We did at a baptism a... at Newcastle. Praise yes. the Lord. Beautiful. Yes. Amazing. And then. You offered me an opportunity to come on radio this morning, which I jumped at straight away. It was it was one of those random things. Like, yeah, we 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 need to feel, find someone to fill
0: in for Lawson, and it's like we had a bit of a list. And I've asked Daniel like a heap of times. He's been busy up until now, and I just asked Daniel. He's like, yeah, like, oh, problem <laughs> solved, just right there.
1: And I could see that on your face as soon as I'm like, yeah, i do that. You are just like praise the Lord this time, <laughs> put it all together for me.
0: Uh, I just threw it out there because I've I've had a few knockbacks, Daniel.
1: Yeah. It hurts. Okay. Rejection, okay. Rejection hurts. Rejection hurts. I
0: was <laughs> just like, "Do I do I risk myself? Do I do I do I take that risk one more
1: time?" You know, especially for someone who said no so often lately. <laughs> I feel bad for that.
0: No, that's okay. Uh, and you've, you, you've
1: been busy, and that's uh, that's a good thing. It is. And then last night we had my wife's cousin's twenty first, which is a nice little family affair out at Eliebarna. I think it is. I always get the place confused. Um, but I run a Bible study on Sunday night and Tuesday night. Sunday night's Mayfield. Tuesday night is Maitland. Across Zoom, which is great because even though we're frustrated by the technology sometimes, it's given us an opportunity to stay in contact regardless of where we're at with everything that's going on. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful study with some great, great discussions and it was just such an uplifting start to the week.
0: Nah, praise the Lord. That's fantastic. Great stuff. and It's always good to get together with family, um, celebrate birthdays, those kinds of events, are uh, things that we should not let sit by. Let's-
2: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast
0: on Faith FM, positively different. This is The Breakfast Show, and of course on The Breakfast Show, what we do every morning is have a quiz, and I believe that we are doing the, um, yeah, the quiz that we've been doing all month, which
1: is five-point five, five quiz. Five,
0: the five different questions, the
1: um, pentathlon, there you go, you pentathlon see? Pentathlon quiz. The pentathlon quiz. Now, I'm, I'm slightly bothered by this because I love to be involved in the quiz, Yes, and we've had some amazing opportunities, some amazing times here. With ideas back and forward, and we've sort of given hints to the, the the listening audience, and producer Shell dropped this on me this morning. I walked into the, the, the station area. I'm like, "Oh, I better hide that. It's a quiz. I don't want to see the answers." She comes around and goes, "Here's the." Quiz with all five answers. Sorry, you just have to know them.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, I, the <laughs> I don't want to know them. I want to guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I read through it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I would have got the first two at least. So I'm, I'm pretty good with it. Okay, that. you get the 200, 200 points. Yeah, 200 then. points. Okay, for the 100-pointer, what is our question? All right, quite a simple one for those who are astute Bible students. What apostle and New Testament author was originally known as Saul? Okay. Who was that? If you know the answer, number to call is? 0491 064 669. Call or text and the station number, 1-800-324-843. Yes.
0: Okay. So who was that uh, originally known as Saul in the New Testament? If you know the answer, 0491 is the number to call or text. We'd love to hear from you. Join the uh, uh, you, can, you can call in for
1: the prize or you can just join the Bragg & Rights team. What have we got happening for uh, positively different news this morning, Daniel? This one is going to maybe ruffle some feathers, I hope in a positive way, because it is quite a testy topic and I don't use that as a pun. It was a, a genuine, genuine term there. I watched a video yesterday on Facebook and it's very recent. And it's a person by the name of Corinna Kuhn, who's a resident of Indianapolis, a constituent in the House District 98 and an independent that has been voting for both liberals, uh, for Democrats and Republicans in America for quite some time. And they got up to speak to their local council area about HB 1041, which is on men competing in women's sports under the guise of being transgendered. Now, Karina Kun is a self-professed transsexual, and that's the actual term they use. They didn't use the loaded language of transgendered girl or whatever else that likes to be thrown around. And during their testimony, they, st- they said that a transsexual is a person who was born male and has used pharmaceuticals and plastic surgery to feminise their body so that they appear to be a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. And somebody who is thats interesting language—that
1: is for somebody. In there's that, this language
0: that we used to use five years ago
1: yes somebody in that, that cultural and social situation to be so brazen and truthful about it yes. was quite refreshing yes it, it is it, it was very very and, forthcoming
0: and, and what did they what was their opinion on you know for instance uh, biological males competing against women in sport
1: well they further stated that while their testosterone has been in the female range for about 30 plus years there's still the height bone structure and lung capacity benefits that were gained through puberty. And while this person stands at 5 foot 10, that puts them in the 99th percentile of females in that height range, which is only one inch shorter than the average WNBA player. So identifying as a female, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, puts them at a a great advantage. Um, The average male height is usually five inches taller than the average female height. And barring men from women's sports could be based on the height factor alone and those biological factors. A lot of the different records are being smashed, national titles, state titles in schools and different sports. A lot of different records of being, are being robbed from women. Obliterated by these men professing to be, to be women. And this person, uh, Kun, said if more males compete, it would lead to seeing females marginalised in their own sports. She said supporters use loaded language like "transgendered girls" to describe boys that are being socially and medically treated to mimic members of the opposite sex. Didn't hold back on anything. It was just brutal in a positive way. <laughs> Quinn states they suffered from gender identity disorder, which has been the terminology for that's been changed. Yeah, you're not DSM, allowed to say that anymore. The DSM five or nine, the scientific manual for mm-hmm. disorders, no longer categorizes gender dysphoria as a mental illness. But something like yeah, video game addiction and don't get me wrong, extreme video game addiction is a massive problem. Oh
0: absolutely, no question.
1: But likening playing video games constantly to physically mutilating your body to try and become something you never will be, like how, how does that even compare on the Yeah, so standards? wait a minute, wait a
0: minute. So so video game addiction is still classified as an addiction. As a mental illness. As a, as yeah. a mental illness. Yeah, gender dysphoria. Is not. Is not. That's you know what? You know what I find really sad about about this whole situation is that after all of these decades and the incredible amount of science that we have available, the most and, and let me say this: in that I'm not trying to take a shot here. Yeah. You need to understand this. I'm not trying to take a shot at anybody because we feel for these people. Absolutely. Genuinely. Absolutely, because I mean, you've got a a a, a demographic of society here that has this highest suicide rate, has a higher suicide rate. Than Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto, forty-one percent, I yeah. believe it is, uh, during during World War Two. You know, and and so you know that's that's pretty severe persecution that they were they were facing back then, and so and and the best after all of the research, all of the science that we've put into this, the best we the best treatment that we can provide for them is the same treatment that we provide for Alzheimer's patients. Yep, just um, a. Just accept their delusion and smile and go along with it. Yep. And where. You know, because when you're working in aged care and you've got somebody who's got Alzheimer's and, you know,
1: they're going to say things that are not real, Mm. you don't argue with them. No. Then you're going to cause more distress and problems. That's right. But they're suffering from a genuine medical condition, whereas. In this well, we're saying that this
0: is—we're saying that when your brain doesn't match your body, that that's not a genuine medical condition. Yep.
1: And we're we're societally forced to conform with their bending of reality to suit their own personal problems.
0: Now, I don't know whether I don't know what the best treatment for someone with dysphoria, uh, gender dysphoria is. I, I just don't know. Uh, but if the best treatment is accepting and acknowledging their delusion, then we should at least put that out there as this is our best treatment at this point because I would be happy to accept that. I would be like, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. We haven't discovered anything better than this yet and we don't want to see these people die. We don't want to see them commit suicide. We don't want to see any of that kind of thing happen. But when we say, no, this is not a treatment because there's no illness here, that is horrific.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: mm-hmm. telling me that a demographic that has a 41 percent suicide rate doesn't have an illness. That's a
1: really dangerous and scary path to go down. Okay. That's a straight up lie, and it's like this. This whole situation has obviously been in the forefront of a lot of uh, parts of the media lately. And you know, you look at it; it's unfair for these girls to step aside, give up their hard won rights to these males that have this. Gender identity issue. Yeah, we're basically turning womanhood into a costume that you can put on. Yep. You know, and it's the it's, it's really what it is is the deletion of womanhood. And it's insulting to biological females. Of course it is, because they have such an important function in the world, something that nobody else can do. Absolutely. So that was a um, that was an amazing amazing video. And yeah, th- and it's good to see the people that good to see people that are transgender or transsexual.
0: They're actually standing up and recognizing this and saying yep. this is a problem. And you guys are idiots in the direction that you are going. With you know. <laughs> sorry for putting it
1: bluntly, I mean, hey, it's my first day back on radio, and
0: <laughs> it's just like, well, let's start with this story.
1: We get a sense of you already. It's <laughs> taking this common sense approach, which is great, and it's it's refreshing. Like I said before, to see somebody in that cultural and social group take that kind of approach to this situation, and it was yeah, I loved it. I really enjoyed it, and it's it's we need more of that going on. Yes, they said they were actually surprised there weren't women's rights groups lining up next to them in support of this? Where are the women's rights groups speaking up I don't for? know. I mean you've got a few of them and they just get
0: slammed as being TERFs. It's yeah. like, you know, as soon as you as soon as you or find something you don't you, 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 something you don't like, just give it a label and once you've given it a label then you can use it in a derogatory <laughs> way. Uh, and so they've you know they've come up with this new term. It's like, oh yeah, they're this, they're that, they the other whereas no, they are common sense women who are standing up for women's rights. You know mm-hmm. that they women fought for what the last 100 years to get those rights and they've been obliterated in what 2 years, 3 yep. years? Just gone.
1: Yep. Completely erased and it's all part of a bigger agenda. Like yeah. there there is political and social gain to be made from this. Serious times in which we live. You're listening to the Breakfast
0: Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. On The Breakfast Show, we're
1: about to have the 200-point quiz
0: uh, question for our
1: quiz. We are. Here it is. It is. What have you got for us? How many days warning of the destruction to come did God give Nineveh?
0: Okay. If you know how many days. How many days and Nineveh will be destroyed? What does the Bible say? X days and Nineveh will be
1: overthrown. Yes. And that's the end of my knowledge for the rest of this quiz in the sense of, what I would have gotten. You would have got those ones Those ones correct. So you would have got up to the 200
0: pointers. So 0491 064 669 is the number to call. So do give us a call or shoot us a text message if you know the answer to that one. All right, let's move on to some more serious news. If the last story wasn't serious enough. Um... But it was positive. <laughs> it was positive. Um, Brian Houston has just stepped down from all church leadership, all forms of church leadership. Uh, And this is, of course, due to being charged with covering up his father's uh, child sex abuse case. Um, It's interesting that the police have been investigating this since 2019 and they have brought charges and it will be interesting to see how it goes. Unfortunately, it's going to be a a long drawn-out process because COVID has slowed the court system down considerably. Um, It'll probably take all year to work its way through. Um, His court date is in October but his legal counsel has told him that basically, his best best practice if he just steps aside from all forms of church leadership, and so he has done so. Um, he's also cited emotional health. I mean, the guy's 67 years old, so he's not a spring chicken anymore, uh, and it's you know that can be hard to deal with, particularly once you're past you know, retirement age. And it will be interesting to see whether he just chooses to, you know, even if even if he is found innocent, whether he chooses to.
1: Uh, return to church ministry or just to retire at the end of this ordeal. I know that's a like, massive story, but the takeaway from me there was I thought it was funny that you think this will take maybe a year in the courts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so this is Daniel who has
0: some experience with the court system.
1: Um, yes or, or from the, from the um, supportive side of the law. Yes. From the wearing a blue blue shirt and... That's
0: right, that's right. I, I, yeah. <laughs> not I should, from the when, criminal when, when side. I, when I say some experience with the court system,
1: I should say uh, some experience on the right side of the law. As, a pros- as prosecution, not a defendant. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about this story. Daniel and I had a bit of a chat about this one off air, um, and Shell as well. Um, in fact, Shell came across this story. Coming out of China, they have a five-year plan to basically close all of their slaughterhouses and abattoirs in China. And when you initially hear that, it's like, okay, that sounds like really good news. Uh, that's a fantastic idea. These guys are going, you know, a whole of China going plant-based and closing down their slaughterhouses and they're going to be healthier and they're going to be, you know, living longer than anybody else anywhere else in the world. Uh, but they're not getting rid of meat. <laughs> so we all know that, you know, meat causes, you know, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, et cetera, et cetera, and that... People on a plant-based diet are living you know, 10 to 15 years longer than the rest of the population. Um, and so it's like, well, China's going to close down all of their uh, slaughterhouses. They're not going to be importing meat anymore, all that kind of stuff. Um, this, is, this has got to be a positive thing. But it's nefarious. But I have some <laughs> questions about this. You see, they're not getting rid of meat. So where is it coming from? They're closing their slaughterhouses, but they're not getting rid of meat. What they're replacing it with is stem cell created meat so basically you get stem cells basically you get so you get a cow um, you put it in a stall and every couple of days you go and extract some stem cells from it and you grow your meat from that in uh what's uh, a, a bio nutrient broth feet <laughs> fake meat we're fake meat. back Fate. to it <laughs> okay so it's grown from stem cells and then of course you know it's It's sold on to uh, whoever else. And, of course, there's been a bunch of companies that have been experimenting with this for for quite a a time now. Now, there are some positives to this. The positives are, okay, you you, you will use less land for, you know, you'll have less cleared land for stock. Um, There's going to be savings on transport. You're not transporting stock all over the country. Uh, the meat is free from antibiotics. That's actually a really big positive. It is a positive. It's a, it's a major positive right there that it will be antibiotic-free because all of those antibiotics that you are consuming when you consume meat that they have been pumping into those animals to try and keep them long enough to get them to the abattoir, you have no idea what those are doing in your body. Uh, so the, the, uh, it's, it's good for the environment, obviously. Uh, China is the biggest polluter in the world and uh, China uh, produces, you know, 14.5% of all global emissions. Uh, Sorry, 14.5% of all global emissions come from stock. China produces 30% of that, um, and 50% of the world's pork is eaten in China. wow. Um, So, yeah, we could see some environmental benefits right there. Uh, Lower cost of food, better animal welfare.
1: That's a positive.
0: Well, okay, so... Um, it's actually quite painful extract to extract stem cells from a, an animal. Wouldn't it just have to be any form of DNA? I, I, no, it's just stem cells. Okay. So you and and apparently so basically what you've got is you know in a normal appetite you have a painless death, whereas these animals that become stem cell uh, milk cows, so to speak, you're just milking stem cells from them constantly are kind of living a life of constant pain.
1: Does it Not grow, many of them. Does like, it grow into an actual animal or are they just growing no, a section of meat. the meat? They just grow a section of meat. Wouldn't that be fri- like frightening to watch in <laughs> yeah, like real time? Yes, that's spooky.
0: really spooky stuff. I think okay, so let's
1: talk about some of the negatives. Yep. Sorry, yep. I was going to say, I think that concept alone would turn a lot of people off. The idea of a thing. I be, think so. Because you know, when it comes to situations like these and, and, and circumstances where the agenda is trying to be pushed in a particular way, like you'll see celebrities talk about, topics and ideas that the average person would go, that's really bizarre, I don't want to go there. Like, there's Celebrities have talked about going to high-end clubs and actually consuming human flesh and try to normalise that kind of behaviour over time. When you see something like cloned meat, straight away your initial reaction is, well, that's gross. But you can see there'll be a push for this in the oh, coming absolutely, years. To, absolutely. Because it's going to be a massive industry. They're not going to want it to fail.
0: And, and you've got such a major push for plant-based diets right now driven by environmental concerns and animal rights concerns. Yep. So if this was a push that was driven by good health, then this wouldn't be a thing. But because it's being driven by environmental concerns, people want to basically eat their meat guilt free. Yes. And so what they're creating is guilt free meat. And so guilt free in the past has created as a byproduct good health. Now you have guilt-free that is perpetuating poor health, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and, of course, nobody knows the cancers that are going to be created by eating stem cell meat. Mm.
1: I I wouldn't be too surprised to see Australia being too far behind this, considering our government does a lot of things that don't necessarily support people's health.
0: Indeed. (laughs) Okay, so what I see here is that there will actually be less people who will be pursuing a plant-based diet because their guilt has been removed? Yeah, uh, which means that there will be less good health and less quality of life. Um, also, you know, we need to look at the economic impact. It would have a massive economic impact on Australia, uh, particularly our regional and remote areas would turn into ghost towns when if you know if the meat industry in China just vanishes. And, of course, then there is the big question of what kind of cancers... We know what kind of cancers you get from real meat. What kind of cancers do you get from laboratory meat? Yeah, and because no,
1: it's still actually meat. Yep. And, again, you know, we, we look at current situations. There's no long-term studies... No. ...to show the effects of this. No, no. Which is frightening. No, that's because right. Because you, you, you can no just idea. launch into something and go, oh, yeah, you know, take that Australian attitude. She'll be right. Well... She may not be right, mate. <laughs> so you
0: probably haven't been to Singapore recently because, well, um, nobody's travelled internationally in the last couple <laughs> of years. But uh, interestingly, if you had been to Singapore recently and eaten some chicken, Singapore has already swapped over to um, laboratory-grown chicken.
1: It's it's probably already here too. Like There is every possibility. Yeah, because, it's been going on for a while.
0: you know, we have all of these plant-based well, – so, so, or all of these fake meats or feet, as you like to call feet. it. Feet? And you kind of wonder, okay, some of them taste ridiculously real, so real that as a vegetarian I can't eat them because I've been a vegetarian so long that the, the whole taste... You feel like you're eating meat. <laughs> the flavour, of was like, no, that tastes, like, tastes way too much like meat for me. Um, and and so who knows what, you know, but it is definitely a thing in Singapore. Uh, they've been creating plant-based eggs. Well, I, that's just tofu last time I checked, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> Um, I've been making plant-based eggs since the, since 1992 out of tofu. But OG, OG egg maker. Yeah, something like that. Um, so it's one of these situations where it's like, yeah, you know, there's some positives to this one but there's also some negatives to it and it really makes you wonder where is our world heading in the future when we start to go down this kind of a path and what are the ramifications going to be? You know, the real easy solution is plant-based diet right there. And even with those fake meats, they're highly processed. Eat them with lots of moderation. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
2: So, Daniel, great to talk with you this morning from the signs. Just tell us a a little about what's going on at the moment uh, in your organisation.
3: Yeah, thanks, Rik. Yes, um, last year was obviously a, a difficult one for a lot of people, you know, around Australia, around New Zealand as well, uh, lockdowns and such. And so, you know, now that it's a, a new year, I mean, it's already a few weeks into the new year. We're, we're looking forward to what's happening this year with great optimism. A lot of things to be excited about, but also just for, for anybody who has ever seen a science magazine around before, we've got some amazing articles in our our magazine's coming up in the coming months and look we've just got a an, an issue that's coming out it's like a combined january february issue but it's released at the start of february so yeah we've got a, a bunch of exciting uh, content in that magazine as well
2: yeah that's great and and just for our, our listeners um daniel signs are sort of geared towards or your target audience is what everyone young people oh what tell us about that
3: yeah, so Science Magazine—it's like a, a lifestyle magazine, essentially. It, it, it looks at current events around the world, but also offers a different perspective than I guess some people might not just expect from from a magazine in the in the like in the media. So the magazine um, goes out to a bunch of random places. You know, generous donors sponsor the magazine to be put in places like community centres, transport outlets. One time I went into a McDonald's and actually saw a a stand with science magazine sitting there. So, you know, it just boggles my mind where this magazine actually ends up. But what this magazine brings is that it brings a, a Christian perspective on the world today. And I think that's something that, um, a lot of people you know in the general public will actually find it quite interesting
2: absolutely like your mainstream your mainstream media out there's not going to promote that sort of angle and that and in in doctors offices and different places there was i can remember there was a science magazine and i always remember a reader's digest as a, as as a youngster growing up that these uh so it's targeted, uh, it comes from a, a, a Christian basis that that, re, that just reflects on current contemporary issues going on in our world and society.
3: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I'm like you. The first time I, I read Science Magazine, I remember sitting at, at a, a random place. I think it was a doctor's clinic as well. And it was just the most unexpected place to, to find a magazine like this. And it was sort of refreshing as well to, to be able to read it and see how the, the take is sort of different, and so that's the sort of the theme that we take into when we create this magazine now. Now, the big sort of deal with our January and February edition is that a lot of listeners may remember Nicola McDermott. She was a high jumper. She, she won a silver medal for Australia at the Olympics last year, which was, you know, quite an astounding feat If once you hear her story, which you would be able to read in the science magazine but what's more crazy is that she used her interview and well, the fact that she was even at the Olympics as a platform to share about what God means to her. Right, And that was just something quite astounding. And so we sat through and, and did this interview right after she'd uh, arrived back from tour in Australia and was sitting in hotel quarantine. And she was telling me about what God means to her and how it's not really even about high jumping it's not It's not about the glory of winning gold. It's not about, you know, getting your name out there and being famous. She sees everything that she does as an act of worship, essentially to to reflect to everybody that she loves God. And her sport, in a sense, is a reflection of that. Which is, I think, some people may find surprising. It's definitely interesting and unique.
2: And and, and it's like um, her worldview, the lens she sees life through, is from from a godly lens. How powerful is that? And. A top athlete, you know, all, all in. So that, hey, that would make great readership. So that's in the current. That's in the in the current uh, edition that that's going out.
3: Yeah, that's right. So if um, readers um, maybe they'll go into McDonald's and see this magazine, or otherwise they could jump on our website and um, order themselves a copy. They will see that it's uh, it's actually Nicola McDermott on the front cover there. So oh, how good, yeah, so. very exciting. Very exciting. So.
2: And 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 can we ask? Can I ask you what what other um, sort of what other areas uh, are you covering um, with with the latest edition? Are, are you able to tell us what other uh, what other sort of uh, themes you've got presented topics?
3: Yeah, that's right. So there was a really really tragic case um, at the start of two thousand and twenty where the Zakia and Abdullah families uh, lost their four children to a drunk driver. I'm not sure if oh, you remember, yes, but it was
2: absolutely yep.
3: Yeah. It was big news. Um, so the families then a year later, so at the start of last year, um, got together and they formed this thing called I I forgive Day, And it was, a, it, it was a, a, a very touching moment of unity where they essentially forgave the driver, the drunk driver who killed their children, but also wanted to open a discussion about forgiveness. Yeah. Now, look, I don't know about you, Rick, but I feel like in the in the world today, forgiveness isn't something we really talk about. We talk more about getting back at the other person. uh, How can I get back at someone? And so to hear from people who really went through like the absolute worst tragedy one can imagine, and yet they want to, they choose to forgive. Um, that is a, a powerful, like an example there as well. So we kind of have one of my colleagues wrote about, um, their story. Um, and it's, really powerful it, it's inspiring as well
2: well that that sounds i remember that story well it's interesting I was, I was reading a book last week that just made the the comment forgiveness is an unnatural act it's a godly act and um, yeah hey the, so so it seems that the signs is it's not a heavy theological discussion but it contextualizing issues in our current world where god's voice and direction can still be seen is that a fair a, a fair sort of summary
3: you're absolutely correct. We still have some stuff in there if, if people want to go a little bit deeper yeah. into certain questions they might have a, about things that are in the Bible. So for example, a very um, sort of big question that a lot of people have, which is what happens, what really happens when you die? Oh, so yeah. we have an article about that, unpacking like, okay, well, what's the evidence out there? Yeah. What is What does the Bible say as well? You know, the Bible suggest things that happen after people die. So that's pretty interesting. And again, it might not be what you'd expect. It's yeah. not something you might have seen in the media. And, and every, all every,
2: all... every, sorry, Daniel, every edition, every so, every edition has a specific area or a theological discussion at some, of some point?
3: Yeah, there are there are a few of them actually in each edition. So yeah, there, there will be a few of them. Um, yeah, it, whenever whenever you pick up a copy essentially. Um this year, our, our sort of theme is, like, last year we had um, a series r- answering big questions. So, uh big questions like, where did the universe come from? Yeah, yeah. Where did God come from? Where does Jesus come from? Who is Jesus? Is he real? Looking at, the like, the evidence. Well, this year, our theme is it's people who really champion the Christian faith. And so, yeah, like I mentioned, Nicola McDermott is the one we're profiling for this edition, but that's going to be our theme for this year. But we're still asking those and answering those those tough questions. And some of the other ones are like, you know, the, the question, how How do I go to heaven or what do I do yes. to be saved? Yep. It's about replacing that with a different kind of question, which is who can save me? Rather, than what can I do? It's who can save yeah, me. That's a
2: good change of pace, isn't it?
3: Yeah, exactly right. Another really interesting article that I think people find interesting was actually written by the editor of the magazine. He's named Jared Sakharov. He writes, he writes about what do dreams mean? So, ah. you know, we, we all have dreams, Rick. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, yeah. you do as oh, well. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And a lot of people will wake up from a dream and wonder if that meant something like they maybe saw something strange, um, was that a message from a higher power? Yep. Was it just my subconscious speaking to me? Yep. Um, and so Jared really goes into and delves into that question. And I think the conclusion he arrives at is, is an interesting one, which is that, yes, God actually does speak to people through dreams, but not all the time. So it's about discerning when he does.
2: Uh, that's that's. I'm just going to have to read that. That's interesting. And and it's really interesting, the, the theme for, for this current edition with our Olympian on there, you know, I remember watching, you know, uh, American football and and you'd see the players kneel down or, or or even our Pacific Island nation, you know, players at the end of a big rugby league game or a rugby would sort of, or the South African, uh, the Springboks would get around and they'd have a prayer together and I, I used to have a few Aussie mates who'd say, oh, silly. But I can see how your magazine, the magazine is trying to address I like the I like the idea of how it's trying to address some of those larger issues that we have in society and context in society in a healthy sort of way, in a godly way.
3: Yeah, that's right, and it's it's definitely our core focus to to bring light to to people who also champion champion their faith, um, people who may not receive a lot of airtime in mainstream media for their faith. Yes, but uh, they will in in this magazine, and it's. Certainly inspiring, and it's it's different. It's different to what you'd expect anywhere else.
2: So, folks have just got to get out there and get into these. So, tell us about the process, um, Daniel. Uh, subscriptions and all of that. I mean, not everyone might be sitting in a doctor's office or a, Mac, or a McDonald's, uh, uh, you know, burger place and pick up a magazine. What, what other options are out there?
3: Yeah, that's right. So, I think the easiest way is if you know if you've got your phone out, if you're connected online, uh, you have Wi-Fi on your phone it's really easy Just jump onto our website, which is signsofthetimes.org.au. Yep. You go in there and there's a, a subscribe button, which essentially, you know, you put in punching your details there. It takes like two minutes and you're going to start receiving copies to your address. But if not, if you're, you know, strapped for cash or anything, a few of our articles also make their way onto the website itself. So if you just punch in signsofthetimes.org.au, um some of these articles will be will be going up as well at the start of the month. So, you know, have a read and if you think that you have a friend or a family member who might benefit from reading these articles, then feel free to just grab the link and share it to them.
2: So just just share that one again. So it's signs of the time if they're on the on the internet, signs of the times all one word?
3: Yes, signs of the
2: Excellent, excellent. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for sharing with us today and um, get a healthy dose of uh, contemporary discussion with a godly focus. Thanks so much for your time again this morning.
3: Amazing. Thank you, Rick.
2: Good on you. Bye now.
3: Thanks for being
1: a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.